Howdy, guys and gals. Welcome to Backcountry and Barbells. I am Joe Shamanic, the other feller, uh, Jeremy Day. Again, we're talking about training, hunting, and living our best lives possible. And hopefully, along the way, y'all can get a tip or trick to do it a little better than us. Uh, Jeremy, what's up, dude? Nothing much, man. Just uh, cold chilling here, getting ready for the big, uh, big day. I did do something that's pretty crazy, Joe, that I haven't told you yet. Oh, yeah? Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm kind of throwing an audible on our little thing here. I just thought of this. Oh, so I like it. No, I usually every do Lent, audible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd really do it. Screw us up here. Okay. Hey, so every year for Lent season, okay. I give up several things, one being coffee, one being sugar, one being soda pop. Not that I drink much soda pop anymore, but those are my three staple things. And I always do something, you know, like prayer or something in the morning. This year, you know what I gave up? I'm going to guess. Caffeine. Okay, how's that going for you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I jumped in there before you could guess. You're it has been pretty rough. Your wife's probably happy I didn't guess. so i i i usually when i drink i quit drinking coffee i always go to tea great so this is the first time in 26 years that i've had no caffeine for four days straight now i tapered myself off i went no no coffee um on ash wednesday and then i went through sunday with tea and then i quit cold turkey on monday Nice. Uh, caffeine's a toughie, man. Oh, it's weird, dude. I'm I'm starting to feel a lot better. And like the first three days or two days, I could not wake up in the morning. Did I don't you, know if it was psychological or what. Uh, a little bit. But did you experience any yeah. headaches? I've spent uh, for two days. I had a headache, and it wasn't. I mean, the first day was pretty intense, but yeah. the second day was not that bad. And then, like today, I woke up ready to go. So. Yeah, caffeine's an interesting one. I mean, when you look at caffeine and, and how we get used to it, you actually like your brain actually will build receptors for it. So you do get addicted to it because you, you know, if you could imagine like your brain as puzzle pieces, the more caffeine you drink, the more puzzle pieces your brain will fit or key locks or door locks to suit, you know, the, the chemical compounds that are in caffeine. And you, you legitimately get addicted to it and the more you drink it the more receptors you build and then you know it compounds and then when you try and wean yourself off it can, it can you 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 crave it i mean there's been times where you know i rush out the door and i'll forget it and then i got a headache creeping in and that and that i get to talking and that that's generally what it is that's a that's a tough one i mean no doubt um i drink coffee for the drugs i mean that that's the way you know um and most folks do that caffeine is a tough one to kick well kudos to you sir yeah, it's a, so I'm drinking my <laughs> apple vinegars, whatever, with lemon and honey water. Okay. Warm, so I could still have the experience. Okay. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Having yeah. that warm cup of something in the morning. Yeah, you have these habits, right? Um, uh, right now, as I'm kind of, you know, interestingly enough, I'm not on a caffeine kick, but, um, you know, that, you know, one of the, I don't supplement a ton, but one of the supplements that I do, um, is a creatine monohydrate and uh, um, I'll go through a loading phase but it's when I'm in my maintenance phase of training with it I'll drink it in hot water um, 
you know, the creatine's, you know, probably one of the most studied um, supplements out there and about one-third of the population, 25%-ish, is, you know, creatine responders and it works and um, for them. But, you know, a lot of folks who experience, like, uh, gut issues when they take creatine, it's because, especially if they're taking a monohydrate, they're not properly... Um, uh, dissolving it and it dissolves really well in hot water but in cold water it kind of just settles like sand um, my this is a long way to get to my story obviously um, but um, <laughs> uh, just to throw a tip out there uh, for you guys um, and I, honestly too and if you take that tip you'll save a lot of money on your creatine in those studies there's no difference between like a, a highly dissolvable creatine in a in a that you can do in a cold water application versus a monohydrate, which is much more inexpensive. So if you want to save some bucks, uh, uh, drink your creatine in um, scalding hot water or as hot as you can gulp. But the here's the point. I finally get to it. Um, I've been drinking less coffee since I'm back on creatine because of what you just said, that habit of something cold or something hot in the morning and sipping on that. You know, I just don't feel the need to drink as much coffee. So it's funny how, you know, caffeine's one of those drugs that doesn't get publicity as a drug but it is it's probably one of the most addicting you know we're all addicted to it you know we're this highly caffeinated society but um you know simple tricks wean yourself off um you know get something else to uh to to gap the habit and you'll be okay man that's awesome dude yeah it's been uh, it's been good i'm curious to see how day five and six and <clears throat> excuse me and you know all the way through is so You'll be good. So hopefully, you, I don't get back on coffee. What are you gonna do after the after letting? You're gonna get like a a nine shot americano. Are you gonna get like a big, you know, double decker espresso? Dude, would, if I did that, I'd be <laughs> I'd be twitching like crazy. <laughs> well, and, and that's the other thing with no, like I don't know, man. I'm go go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's the other thing with all these different foods and supplements and stuff. That's how you find out if it works. I mean, if you take it for a while and you're not sure. Take it out, bring it back in, you know, after six weeks or so, and, and, and you'll get a, you'll get a, um, you'll get a response and you'll find out if it's worth your time anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully I kick the habit entirely because I'm tired of, you know, I got to have my cup of coffee well, or even spending seven bucks for a damn coffee at well, Starbucks. I stopped doing that. Um, I, I, you know, we have, a, we actually... We're coffee nuts, and I have a couple different ways I can make it. Um, I have it. I have a drip. I have a drip set up. I have a, uh, a French press set up. We have a. Um, we have like an at-home espresso machine, and then we have like the, uh, you know, the regular coffee thing. And there's a couple tricks you get into to enjoying it, but um, you know, it's. You know, you get to feeling with some of these things, whether it's a supplement or something like caffeine too, where it's like, you need it. Right, I used to have to have coffee to train, yeah. and and you find out you don't. You know, you know, since man, since I've really focused on this morning training thing, one of the other things that took a while was like I'm not going to blitz myself with coffee to do it. You know, I want to see if I can get ready for this workout, and I've come to find out that you know, in my current training, I do, I always start my workout with like five sets of five with big movements, and then I'm coming to find out that like by the third set. I'm turned on, like I'm ready to go, and that's a cool, it's a cool feeling that you can experience without, you know, your pre-workout or your your crazy coffee. Where, you know, 
if you go into it without all kinds of things, your body does some really cool stuff and it can adapt to things pretty quickly. And it's neat to just be aware of that without it being like substance fueled. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I always felt better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always feel better when I don't drink coffee before I work out yeah. in the mornings. No, I, I, and then it's kind of like it, then I'd have it afterwards. That, that makes no sense, but no, well, I do that now. I enjoy the coffee. You know what I mean? Then, then that's yeah, nice, exactly. Right? Rather than having this weird crash after the workout or thinking that you have some reliance on some substance, and and that's that's an interesting. It's just an inter- interesting observation, but um, man, Lent's an interesting topic here in our house too. We were we were having a <laughs> we were having a family argument about what the family was going to do and give up and and go through all this and what we were going to add to the. Um, add to the equation. I'm alcohol free. Um, that was my, that was my personal dilemma. And then, you know, just to push the kids to be in less, um, just like you said, avoiding sweets, the the typical, the typical things to do there and just make it difficult. Mason, Mason wanted to give up cursing. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) that's not how it works. You don't give up something you, you're not supposed to do anyway and get in trouble for. You should. <laughs> it's gotta be. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of a sacrifice, bro. And uh, he he was we giggled about all that, and it's it's cool. And you know, even here too, I'll tell you another interesting thing they're doing at, at um, where Mason goes to school and where we worship is uh, they're they're really freaked out around here about this uh, this uh, coronavirus. Is there any chat in oh. your neck of the woods about this thing? Well, not in my neck of the woods, because when I'm not traveling, I'm you know I'm pretty secluded out here. But yeah, yeah, talking to people on the phone, and uh, you know, I got a huge the Con Expo next year, which is the Construction Expo, and it's it, they do it every three years, and it's from manufacturers all over the world that manufacture heavy equipment and um, anything to do with construction. And I guess Germany and Italy have a um, flight bands so those guys are not going to be able to make it which a lot of heavy construction comes out of germany so it's pretty interesting that a lot of these people are getting shut down and not able to even come to this trade show next week yeah there's some real interesting things i know i had a um i have a co-worker whose son his first year in college was studying abroad in or maybe for he's 20 so maybe he's a sophomore junior i'm not sure that that's not important but uh he was studying abroad in Italy, and they actually sent him back. Um, they canceled the thing and sent him back because it's bad there. And uh, then when he came back, they said he couldn't come to college. He had to sit at home. Um, so uh, it's interesting. It's, Jeez. It seems like Washington is getting some interesting attention, especially over in Kirkland. There seems to be a home. I guess at this point, there's been nine deaths out of this home. But, you know, uh, it seems like... It seems like the the most imp I don't I don't know how to not be insensitive to this, but you know, it seems almost flu like in the sense that you know if you're already immune compromised, it's something to worry about. If you're old or a young kiddo, maybe that's the issue. But you know, I mean, people die of the flu all the time. I guess I guess right now I'm like, okay, wash your hands, stay clean, you know, avoid super crowded places. And, you know, protect yourself, you know, don't open Absolutely. bathroom doors with, you know, your hands and things like that. But, you know, I guess until guys like me 
start dropping dead, I'm not going to worry about it. If that, if, how's that? Uh, well, sound? that's just it. It's mo- <laughs> yeah, it's mostly people that are kind of unhealthy lifestyles, right? And yeah. so once they get influenza in it, however the hell you say it, but the flu, I mean, there's what 32,000 deaths annually yeah. in the world or in the U.S. I can't remember what it was that died of the flu bug anyway. Yeah. So, and again, that, that, so I mean, you, you sound insensitive when you say those things. But what are you what are you going to do? Well, it's it's. I mean, it's the truth, right? Yeah. But um, I mean, you just got to take care of yourself, and I mean. And then just hope for the best. I mean, things attack you, and if you're healthy, you survive a little more. If you're not healthy, I mean, if you were to go to war and you've been sitting on your couch for stinking six weeks, not doing anything, and then you jump into a war, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're not going to be. You're going to be the first to go. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's just how it's the cycle of life. You have to be prepared physically, mentally, and everywhere else. It's not being insensitive, I don't think, but maybe it is. Yeah, well, maybe I'm just that crass. Yeah, maybe every well, you can't. Maybe you can't not be insensitive. I don't even know if I said that right, but um, <laughs> now it's interesting. <laughs> Th- these things always, these things always, you know, it always seems like there's one of these, you know, every few years. A couple, what was it? SARS was a coughing disease that was getting folks, and then you know, swine flu, and you know, I don't know, but you know, wash your hands, folks. Uh, do the best you can, and. Um, you know, avoid retirement homes, it seems like. So, um, <laughs> and stay healthy. And stay healthy, yeah. So, but that, that's what's going on around here. Um, but I, I, you know, maybe, you know, a mild case or two wouldn't be bad for a couple of days off work from the school. You know, I wouldn't mind that. So, um, <laughs> we'll get out and do something. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, so that, I guess that's what's going on around here. But, um, but on this idea of just continuing to stay healthy, uh, you know, and, and kind of bringing it up a little bit with uh, the caffeine conversation. Um, dude, I've actually fallen into a, a really nice uh, training split that I think is um, deserves a little bit of conversation. Uh, uh, it's been it's been pretty quick and pretty easy, but I've fallen into this uh, this cool little routine where my first three movements every day I'll superset them, but they're like they're like the big moves. So. Um, you know, for instance, uh, yesterday, the, the top move was a back squat. The second move was an incline press with uh, heavy dumbbells. And then the third move um, was a Turkish get-up, which, which is a good exercise. And sometimes I work that in with swings. But what I end up finding out when I do this setup, I'll superset those three movements. And then I'll always get something total body, which is good. Um, and then that top set is the one that I'll increase on that day. So every time I come back to that back squat, like next, like uh, yesterday when I hit back squats, I did them at 104 kilos, five sets of five, which is about 220 pounds. And then when I come back to that workout again, next week on Wednesday, I'll increase that one. But then the other two sets end up staying the same. So with the, um, with the incline press that follows the back squat, what I do is I keep the dumbbells at 70, and the reason I do that is I don't have any heavier ones, but I just increase reps, and then on the Turkish get-up move, that one just stays the same, and it's just kind of like a placeholder um, for my deadlift workout to come, but I end up doing like three workouts like that, where the top set changes, and I increase it, 
and it's been pretty good. It's fast, it's easy, it works in the morning. Um, there's not a lot of mental thought to to get into it, and, and the warm up is pretty is is pretty good, man. And um, I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty well with it, um, just in terms of getting at least something every day for the total body, and then I'll generally follow up. Um, another smaller superset with four movements for higher reps that'll support the first movement. So um, I don't know. It, it's been good. Uh, it's a, it's a it's something I'm tinkering with. It's like a it's like a pain free approach to strength and conditioning, I guess. That sounds awesome, Mike. So w- what is the other part of your workout you're saying? What after that you do inside of that? So the, yeah, after that. Yeah. So generally, the way the the way the split ends up working out is my first superset is like my big set, and that is the big compound movements where I try to hit um, a press, a pull, and something for the lower body. And then after that, the superset will support the first movement. So um, the first movement of that big superset is um, like again we'll go back to uh, go back to the squat workout I did yesterday. Um, you know, I went five rounds of five, I went five rounds of, uh, five back squats, 12 incline presses at 70, and then, um, uh, just a single Turkish get up on either side. So I cycled through that five times. And then after that part, uh, the superset supported um, the back squats. So it was just uh, lower body conditioning stuff. And the cool part is the mind's free to to kind of just do different lower body stuff. So I've been actually playing with different like plyometrics, um, different banded isolation movements, and and just different stretching. So yesterday, what did I end up doing? Um, some uh, Russian style hamstring curls on a Bosu ball. Um, some banded uh, leg extensions. I don't have a big leg extension machine, so I rig up, I rig up big rubber bands on my squat rack, and then I can do leg extensions there. And then um, just a, a lateral, just a lateral, uh, just a lateral squat. It's like a lateral goblet squat. So rather than squatting up and down like a typical traditional squat, I was just doing like a a lunge to the side either way. And you hit a little bit of everything. So like, why I think this breakdown could work for for you or any guy is like, you know, if you're pressed for time and you just do the top big set, you hit a little bit of everything. But then if you do have extra time, you get enough auxiliary work in to support growth on, you know, the big movement you're progressing every week. And um, the other thing that I like about it is most of it ends up being auxiliary work where, you know, the, the place that I came out of of weightlifting, everything's so snatch and clean and jerk focused, and you just move in the barbell all the time that you forget to hit some of the smaller muscle groups and, and isolate some things. So, um, it's been pretty good, and I'm kind of sorting through whether it's good because it's in such contrast to the weightlifting training I was doing for so many years, or or if it's good because it's good, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in your mind it's good, but you're wondering if it's physically it's good. <laughs> yeah, because no, well, I feel good. I mean, um, because that's what's interesting too. Like everyone looks for these different ways to like is training working. Well, one of the ways to just know that training's working is you're getting stronger, and by making increases in reps and sets and load, you know, it's just a sign right there. And 
And and honestly, if you can do that without being in pain, then you're you're onto something. So um, in that regard, it, it's working. But you know, too, it's like you know what I've come to find out as a strength coach is sometimes the best thing you can do is just contrast what they've always been doing and find that little find that little weakness and train that little weakness until until they're um you know until that weakness is a strength or or a strong point. Um, and for me. I'm just wondering if because I spent, you know, I was competing pretty hard in weightlifting from about, from about 2000, for, for, for five years I was hitting it pretty hard and um, very focused just on that. So everything was snatch, clean and jerk, squat, pull. And those movements are just big, giant, you know, barbell movements. And those workouts can be pretty grueling and generally a good coach will still subscribe auxiliary movements, but you know, bad weightlifting athletes generally don't do that stuff. So the other point in this other set is, you know, I wanted to make it an emphasis to, to focus on some smaller isolation movements, and it's been pretty good. So I've just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, am I finally just listening to my body and giving it what it needs too? Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting dynamic right there because when you get into, say, a competitive realm – you tend to kind of focus on the end result and not what your body You're needs right. truly. And that end result could be dangerous, but you could you could increase your performance on all those little incremental things like those little smaller muscles you're talking about. 100%. Which is kind of an interesting deal too. Yeah, people don't have the you're, patience. You're you're trying to get to a max and then you don't in but you can increase your max if you incorporate these small little things yeah trying to play the long game you know and, and that's hard sometimes yeah. you know you know when, when it was crossfit it was like how do you get your times down you know how do you get your lifts up and then even with weightlifting you just isolate more on how do you keep getting your total up and you know you kind of end up losing sight of the forest through the trees because you're, you're focused so much on just the total and when you're just going after that big snatch clean and jerk you end up you end up missing out on the other movements that end up supporting those lifts so you can do them hard. So it's really hard, man. And, and to be honest, that's where that's where coaching yourself really can screw things up for you. If you have somebody with an outside perspective who can chime in to guide you on that path, it's pretty good. But this little this little mix has been nice. And even on um, even on Saturdays, I've been trying to get um, weightlifting variations in again. And I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling snatchy and feeling happier when I do it, and um, it's been cool to just kind of lift for the sake of lifting and giving my body what it needs. Not like you had just mentioned lifting for the sake of a total, trying to trying to be competitive. And I think there's I think there's benefit to both, but finding the balance between the two I think is a real nice sweet spot. Yeah, it. Um... I've never I've never really done a competitive thing like I've never done a run I've never done a lift I've never even when I was in skateboarding I never entered contests yeah I remember or maybe it was just the fear of loss we we got get you in one of these but, I, I've been looking at these train to hunt contests you seen these where they like uh, these guys um, yeah they like uh what they end up doing is they get a box and a bag and a pack and you gotta like go through a series of you know, it seems like the workouts are pretty standard between a lunge, a burpee, a step up, and, and, and some things like that. Some 
some manageable workouts that you can do hard, and then they'll mix in a run and a shoot. Um, and it seems pretty interesting. Um, it'd be something. I, I say people should compete, especially guys our age. And, and if you haven't done it before, it can be nerve-wracking. But there's something good. If you, if you can like pinpoint two to four competitions a year, I think it's good for it. And, you know, so, and some might even say that hunting is that competition, which I would agree with because you're competing and doing a lot of things. Yeah, I guess on that and on that aspect, I yeah, completely. I'm competitive against myself, so I've oh, I've yeah. always done sports like the skateboarding, sure, hunting. Those are all individual sports, which you know I give it 110 percent. Sure, and you had, all those, but you, you, I've never entered a contest or anything like that. But you had mentioned uh, before the show that you said you were having some uh, some foot issues. Ah, dude. So, I bought a brand new pair of shoes. What'd you get? I got some Doc Martens, which they're good shoes. Okay. For work. And so, I slapped those boogers on, and then I spent nine days in a trade booth. And I started getting this little thing in my heel, and I thought, well, I'm going to use the lacrosse ball and push that sucker out. Yeah. So I got on that lacrosse ball and it was painful and painful and even more painful. And then the next day I woke up and I couldn't even walk. Hmm. And I've never had like plantar fasciitis, you know, everybody in my family has. Yeah. And apparently that's what I ended up with, man. And it's been brutal because I was just getting in a great routine of running once a week and, um, you know, doing a big walking on the treadmill and putting it at 10% for an hour and at four and, mm. you know, I was doing all these things and, and, and I had a good little uh, leg workout going on. So now I had to, had to change it all up. So this week I finally got to work out last week was just way too painful. And is it, uh, so today's going to be my first leg day. Is it heel pain? Yeah, it's right there at that, whatever the, planner area whatever it's it's just right below the heel nice so but it, it feels it, it sucks because every time i step down it hurts you know so and i can't do any harsh movements i can't get on my toes i mean it's it's so lame <laughs> so I, I i i i researched it a little bit on what exercises i could do so i've been on the spin bike uh twice this week already and then um i did my upper body and then today i'm going to do my legs for the first time but i can't do any kind of like quick movements with my feet it's just yeah. all going to have to be isolated like back squats and you know lunges and keep my foot planted and jacks you up ah so stupid and then you read up on it it says it could take up to two months i'm like uh no because i got a bear hunt coming up here in in may yeah, and turkey hunting in april uh, I know. One of the best things that I've used personally to manage foot pain is, uh, is so along with your mobility wad stuff or your uh, your supple leopard gear, and now they're now Kelly and the gang over there are calling themselves the Ready State. But if you look up their stuff and some of their other gear, have you seen their like Voodoo band, their floss band? Have you seen this thing that they sell? Yeah, I have. Um, if you need to get that. Get that. I would suggest it. I actually have a few of them. Um, uh, if I see you before the bear hunt, I'll, I'll pass one over to you. Uh, but what ends up happening with these things is if you wrap the, 
if you wrap the crap, I've had, I've had a power lifter, Donnie Thompson, do this to me. Now, Donnie, uh, I've talked about him on the show before, but Donnie's the first feller in geared powerlifting to total 3,000 pounds, and he's a, he's a big old fella. He actually invented the fat belts that I use in my, uh, you know, in my incline presses I talked at the top of the show, but, you know, if you get that band and just wrap the crap out of your foot really tight, and I've had Donnie do this to me super strong. In fact, when he did it to me, he even put a golf, he put half a golf ball in my ankle and did it just to give me a little sore spot. But if you can get that on there for two to three minutes and just kind of find a way to get a towel and stretch your foot and open it up, uh, when you take that band off, you get this just flush of like new blood and, and different stuff in there. And um, it's just a, it's just a good it's just a really good method to alleviate pain and it works for a lot of joints. Um, one of the most successful areas I would get it is again with CrossFit when I was competing in CrossFit and made that games run, uh, you end up doing a lot of different pull-up variations that can really, uh, wreak havoc on your shoulders and elbows. Um, in particular that butterfly style pull-up, you know, because you're going so fast and there's a tendency to rebound in the bottom, I had some real nasty um, elbow inflammation. And then to couple that with heavy cleaning jerks, uh, putting a bar into the front rack used to be really painful. But uh, wrapping my elbow joint um, with that band and then getting into some push-ups and different stretch variation movements, you know, you'd clear out and flush out a lot of pain in the short go. And then, you know, doing it consistent, so consistently also helps to flush out the pain over the long term. So it's something to try. If, you've, if you're into the ready state stuff, um, he's got a ton of YouTube videos you can check out. Um, my wife uses that in her physical therapy practice for some things. Um, and like I said, I'm not a physical therapist. You know, you should probably see one and anyone should see one bef before, you know, really relying on some of these techniques. And in particular, if they seem to inflame after you've tried some of these techniques. But um, some of these techniques you can do yourself and do alleviate a good bit of pain. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to buy one of those when yeah. I was reading the book and I, I completely spaced it off. So, well, and here's what else you could do when I write the note is, is Titus have an old bike that's not being used. No, I, I did read about that on the on using the tire. Yeah, you take a t you take uh, a tube and cut it, and then you got it right there. If you're really in a pinch, um, I would say it's not as good. It's not as, those aren't as tacky and don't grab onto the skin as much, um, but it's serviceable in a pinch. Yeah, and the only thing with me on that was trying to cut it, and I'm so anal that I have to cut it straight and all this other BS. <laughs> so I was kind of scared I'd screw it all up. Yeah, you won't. <laughs> you, you, can, you know how to use you, you, you figure it out. But I would suggest getting a band. They're not expensive. Um, they're you. You mean and they they you can do a lot with them. I mean you could get into the, you could use them every day for two to three minutes. I mean you can wrap. I've you, there's protocols for your shoulders, protocols for your elbow. I used to warm up my back squat with them by putting them around putting them around my knees and the ankles. They they're really good for flushing pain out of joints, especially if you like you know, just want to get the pain out of there long enough to do a workout. So, you know, and it's better than, it's better than popping a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of ibuprofen, you know, and, and tearing your guts up. So, uh, yeah, give it a go, man. Yeah, I'm going to try that because my right elbow is all jacked up just from, yeah. from skateboarding. It's actually been starting to feel better since I've been 
working on my shoulders. Yeah. With the uh the crossball and stuff. For sure I'll bring I'll bring the band and you know, you asked me in the last show what's gonna be in my hunting pack for this bear hunt, which by the way, I gotta this is great. I the wife was a go and then I was worked up because she goes, Oh, I'd let you go, but I'm running a half marathon um the that that Sunday of that hunt you wanna go on. Who's gonna watch the kids? I said I don't know. Let's talk to Miss Maggie. So I got a sitter, so I'm going to be able to make the whole four-day hunt. So I'm pretty fired about that. So what I could do is um, I'll bring the bands, and uh, while we're hunting, you know, I can uh, I give you a little foot rub. What do you think? I'll work that out for you? As long as you oh, put, that sounds good, yeah, man. As long as you put me on a bear, uh, I'll take care of your feet. We want to work that out? <laughs> is it worth the trade? It sounds good, man. That's a good trade. <laughs> it's it's worth it on my end. Um so well i bet it is because if my foot ain't in good 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 order you're packing that damn thing out yourself i'll do it no worries uh, i'm just kidding hide. <laughs> i want the hide the meat everything we'll get we'll get it out but um no the the foot and that's what's that's what not to go back to your your um your foot issue but man you know it's been feet foot issues are so overlooked man and they can be so debilitating whether it's like you know, um, you know, you experience it, you know, not breaking in boots properly, you know, hunt can get tore up, um, new pair of shoes, uh, you know, at the trade show tears the feet up, um, you know, to stay on the topic. That's why, you know, as I do this podcast, I'm, I'm barefoot and I have, I have one of those balls and, um, I keep that ball set up too, even at work, you know, where, where I'm teaching kids, I'll generally, a lot of times if I'm in the classroom, I take my shoes off and, try to make the feet as strong as possible by just kind of going barefoot. Um, and, and that, that, that can be interesting too. Um, if you've never done that before, I wouldn't suggest, uh, jumping in that pool, uh, too deep, but, you know, find a way to every day force your feet to train a little bit more. You know, sometimes with the, with the cushy shoes and the high heels and the, and the weird things that we, you know, kind of, cast our feet and we're doing more harm than good and then like you said when you throw in a, another switch you can make matters pretty worse yeah for sure and I, i've that's the one thing i've always been barefoot yeah i have done most of the stuff and then always wearing vans or skateboarding shoes oh. are always pretty flat-footed yeah i love but, that yeah what i did is i bought a brand new pair of converse all stars and a brand new pair of Doc Martens, and I think the combination of wearing those two around for those days, I think that's what ended up getting you think, me. You think the Docs did you in, huh? I think he did, man. <laughs> well, well, you burn those things then. No, you got to break them in, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had success. I've had success with Vans and Converse. That's generally my the shoe that I'll. I mean, I even run in them. And then the other shoe, I'll run in a flat trail running shoe, uh, which is called a... The only reason I go to the Ultras is because they have a really strong tread. Um, you know, when we do that crystal run, um, when it's wet and steep, you know, the Vans and the Converse, just in terms of the tread on the foot, just won't cut it. Um, so you need something a little bit more right. more beefier to get up there, uh, almost more cleated. Um, so, but no, nah, man, feet are interesting. Training's interesting. Um Killing a bear with you in May um, is going to be interesting, and hopefully, um, hopefully that all unfolds. But uh, um, 
Yeah, we ran the gamut a little bit today, Jeremy. We got into uh, <laughs> we got into uh, we got in <laughs> Lent, Corona, um, barefoot, bear hunting, and um, plantar fasciitis. All that stuff in 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 thirty five short minutes. I know that's awesome, man. <laughs> Hopefully, we gave people something to ponder on. Yeah, so I guess the the gist of it is: wash your hands, um, go barefoot, and uh, work out your hunting plans with your wife um, in advance, and it'll all work out for you. That's it, man. <laughs> and just don't be scared to ask the wife. That's the main thing. Oh yeah, are, are you still? I mean, all these years, Jeremy, of doing this, do you still do you still pucker up before you ask her about a hunt? Dude, of course I, I do, because the early years was not good, man. Uh, well. So, yeah, I usually, I still am kind of nervous to ask. But it's a, it's a lot better than before. Before, I'd ask like four days before I left. Oh, my gosh. I'd yeah. put it off, put it off, put it off. But oh, by the way. I wouldn't I'm, wait till four days. By the way, I'm hunting this weekend. Bye. <laughs> 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 Actually, I didn't put it off that close far, but as we also um, try to get uh, turkey hunting squared away, uh, I, I had a new tactic for dropping it on the wife. I said, "I'm going to take Mason camping in April." How's that sound? And she goes, "Where?" <laughs> I was like, "In the same spot, I'm going to kill a turkey." <laughs> she was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah." So we're working that one out as we go, but that'll be a chance. We'll talk. We'll have to talk about that next time as we. Uh, because I think we've decided to take uh, turkey hunting as an opportunity to, to get the young boys out and you know just spend a quick weekend in the woods. So um, that should be fun too. But that'll be for another one. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cool. And I'm looking forward to both our upcoming hunts. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Well, so. well, um, you know, it, you know, what do they say? A bad day in the woods is better than a good day in the office. Something like that. That's it. There it is. That's well, it. Here's to you guys uh, finding the same. Let us know how we can help you in your training and hunting journey. Um, we're, we're doing a lot here and, and just trying to share it amongst you and ourselves um, to get us all a little bit better. And some of that means uh, some interaction between you and us. So let us know how it's going. Uh, you can hit us up on the Instagram. You can hit us up at email. The email is backcountryandbarbells at gmail.com. Uh, the Instagram is at backcountryandbarbells. And then, um, sweet, we, we also have personal accounts you can reach out to. Mine is at underscore coach.joe. Please, um, all your inquiries, or even if, even if you just want to talk some junk, we can get that for you. Jeremy, um, you're, you're still um, working at the Hunting Mentor. Is that the uh, IG handle? Yeah, it's a uh... Hunting underscore mentor. Cool. We'll get it. Well, he's my hunting mentor, so if you got questions, um, he's a good guy to ask. I'll know those things. But uh, until the next one, Jeremy, thanks a lot, buddy. Um, thank you very much. You too, brother. Yep, God bless America, my friend. Yeah, we're doing it. 